welcome back to another H&K Video Game Experience. I'm Hollywood Cole here with Clearfire. What's up, Clear? Oh, what's going on, man? Not much, brother. Today we're going to talk about Ninja Gaiden of the uh, Super Nintendo. Is that what you call it, Ninja Gaiden? Ninja Gaiden, yeah. yeah. I, I thought I thought you I thought it was Nintendo. What did I say? Super Nintendo. Well, they do have it on the Super Nintendo in the form of the Ninja Gaiden trilogy, but we you're right. We are talking about the NES version part 1 Ninja Gaiden. Don't scare Three's- me like that, man. No. I've been playing I've been, <laughs> been been killing myself over playing the the original Nintendo one. So the reason I asked you what you call it is because a lot of people called it Ninja Gaiden back in the day. In fact, it says, uh, if you look at the title, it says Ninja Gaiden, but it looks like these little Japanese symbols are the, like Ninja the Gaiden. So it's all mm-hmm. kind of little things we used to call it. Um, and I'll steal something from Angry Video Game Nerd. He knows for a fact that it's called Ninja Gaiden. You know how he knows that? How does he know that? Because that's what they called it on The Wizard <laughs> with Fred Savage. <laughs> Ninja leave it to, Gaiden. Leave it, leave it, leave it to Fred Savage to to make the standard on how to name a video game. Uh, that's right, Ninja Gaiden. So that's what it's called. Um, came out in '89. Very difficult game. Um, not any more difficult than other games at the time, but uh, published and developed by Tecmo. Um, very cool game. So how far did you get into it? Or go ahead and give us some stats on it first. All right, let me get all to the stat lines here. Uh, of course, you know, like you said, it was released in uh, 89, March of 89 for North America. It's actually released in December 9th of 1988 for um, the Jap- Japanese release, which actually, you know, kind of was the main point of the game. And also, too, its um, arcade version was released in the uh, 88. Uh, the game de- debuted at number three on Nintendo Power's top 30 list for July, August of 89, behind Zelda 2 and Super Mario Brothers 2. It stayed at number three until... Oh, that's uh, stay- stayed at number three in the September-October issue of 89. Uh, Nintendo Power Awards 80 th- uh, 89 featured the game as one of the top games that year. Uh, it was nominated for Best Graphics and Sound, Best Challenge, Best Theme, Fun, Best Character for Ryu Hayabusa, best ending and best overall it won for best challenge and best ending so um yeah i agree with that too with the best uh challenge and best ending because it does have a great ending and we'll get in that a little bit and it also does have an amazing uh, i'm not gonna say amazing challenge that's why i had to do that little <laughs> reverse there because uh, it wasn't an amazing challenge it was a just evil challenge yeah, so i'll tough. just I, we'll, we'll discuss it more about my wonderful bad gamer dad stuff that's gonna come up from this one because it was just horrendous for me well that's um, interesting so it is but it's number one essentially behind only only second to zelda and mario yeah, yeah and those, and those are released. two and those are two just you know when you think of nintendo you always think of zelda and mario for of it to course. only be and for only be behind those two games that's pretty impressive for the game um a lot of people fussed about how difficult it was um a lot of the main talks were how great the cutscenes were this is one of the first games if not the first game that delivered all of its story or the major points of the story in cutscenes. Uh, so it, it has a lot, and they did really good for the graphics back then for the cutscenes. That's something I did enjoy watching while I just did my playthrough. So the cutscenes um, were a massive deal back then. There was no such thing, you know. That, That's right. G four, the TV series, says that it was the first NES game to deliver cutscenes. I don't know that for a fact, but if regardless, it's probably one of the first, if not the first, that most people 
saw and the opening scene with the two guys jumping the ninjas and cutting and then one falls down and then you the whole the challenge kept keeps you going just to see the next cut scene mm-hmm. uh not the challenge but you deal with the challenge to see the next cut scene I mean, this was unbelievable back then and it's a great graphics for the nes it really was it was very impressive graphics Especially in '89, and they actually translate pretty well to you know modern con- to, to modern day as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they do. Um, so I will say this real quick: it is based off an arcade game, uh, as you said, and apparently the arcade game was so popular that they made a port of it, right? Because that's what we're talking about today. But have you played the arcade game? I never did play the arcade version of this. I've played the arcade version of a lot of games, but never played the arcade version of this one. So I remember back in the day playing the arcade game, thinking that it was cool. He doesn't use his sword. You can get a special up and use the sword, but it's more of a beat 'em up. It's a uh, up. It's kind of like Final Fight or all these kind of games like that, and it is difficult too. Um, and you can actually get it. We, we went back and tried to play Bubble Bobble, me and my son, on the Wii, and uh, I looky looky here. I had a Ninja Gaiden arcade game that I'd bought uh, fr- from the arcade on there on the Wii. And uh, turned it on. You can play two players. It is terrible, man. It is <laughs> slow. It is difficult. I recorded it, <clears throat> and I had a thing I was going to do a voiceover uh, to put on the Facebook group, uh, the Gaming Lounge. But um, And I will put the video on the Gaming Lounge. I just decide if I can get time to do a voiceover. Not necessarily time, just some quiet that I can make the voiceover sound good. Uh, but... But anyway, it's 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 brutal, man. That uh, if you run up on an enemy and you'll see it in the play playthrough, they'll start beating on you, and they got a little combo they do, and you got to wait for that combo to be complete, knock you down before you can do anything. You can't really break that combo, and you hit, you know, two pop 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 pop, and knock them down. Then you go to the next one, and you can see it's so funny on the video. My son's on a little barrel, and he's got one of the guys. Like he just found a safe spot, right? So the, one of the guys, just a regular enemy, is like walking up to him. It's not really doing anything. So I walk behind the enemy. I start punching. My kicks and punch go through the the enemy, but it doesn't hurt him. I move a little bit closer, go through him again with my kicks and punches, and it doesn't hurt him. And I get one. I'm talking. I'm moving my pixel, pixel, pixel. <laughs> I move one more pixel. Dude turns around, pop, 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 sends me across the screen, <laughs> and it's like, dude, this is insane. So that's what they do, and it's a little bit. It's just slow moving and all this. I guess just the standard beat 'em up we have now. But anyway, it, uh, it wasn't. You know, to think about it in today's terms. It's kind of like, why would you make a game of that? Of course, the Nintendo version kind of did their own thing, as they always do to fit the the system's parameters. Uh, and I think the NES version is by far superior to the arcade version. Yeah, and just a few more little things real quick before we jump into getting into the game that uh, I just noticed. Um, Nintendo Power was the one that gave it the best challenge and best ending of 89, and EGM Electronic Gaming Monthly which was the other big one at the time, gave it the best game of the year for the NES and best ending in a video game of all consoles in 89. So that's kind of some cool little stats on it. And then also, too, in the different ratings, uh, publication of 1up.com gave it a B-. Famasu gave it a 28 out of 40. GameSpot gave it a 7.6 out of 10. IGN gave it a 9 out of 10. And Me Machines gave it a 90%. So I I, want to compare our ratings to it at the end and see how well that comes out, too. All right. Um, How far did you get in it? 
I only got to act four and just was like, I'm done, I'm done, <laughs> and walked away because I kept on dying on act four. And yeah, I, I did not finish it through this playthrough. What you probably play it go, on? I'll probably go back and play it through. I played it on my retro pie. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably go on. back. I'll probably go back and play it all the way through and finish it out. It's just I got frustrated and was like, I got to walk away before I throw my controller. You're not going to finish it out, I can tell you right now. Oh, probably not. I'm just going to give it a good shot. I played it on uh, the USB. You have the cart, the actual cart, so the retro USB. It's just the the little cool Nintendo, uh, this actual Nintendo that kind of just converts it to HDMI. If you don't feel that you do not, do not know, it looks very good. You actually got the Game Genie built in. It's really cool. I love it. I actually bought the Super NT. Uh, different company, but um, it's a Super Nintendo version, HDMI, NES controller, Super Nintendo controls. It's phenomenal. It's different. It's different than playing on RetroPie. It's different than playing on uh, the Switch, which Ninja Gaiden is on. They actually have a special uh, version of Ninja Gaiden on the Switch right now if you have the NES Nintendo Online service, and it'll start you right there at the final boss. Um, but it's hard to play on that controller. That's why I was asking you if you played it on the Switch because I got the Pro mm-hmm. controller and it's got the analog stick and it, it's hard. I don't know why I can't do it. Yeah, so. I, I didn't do it on my uh, Switch just for the fact that I didn't want to. I wanted to try to get as close to the actual Nintendo card as I could and the RetroPie is going to get me the closest to that. So really fun. I mean, I'll tell you, uh, it's just like Double Dragon that we just did. You know, we, I couldn't beat Double Dragon until I finished it. And I know I could. I thought Ninja Gaiden was impossible. But I know I could go back. and I know I could finish it if I really wanted to. I've gotten farther and farther every time. You watch a couple of playthroughs, kind of see how they do it. Um, and just it's pixel perfect. Lasts every second counts. I mean, you got to jump. You, you know, your sword swipes right at the last minute. Everything's got to be perfect. Uh or, uh, you know, you're going to die, obviously. So uh, I got all the way to the six. I got all the way to the part where it has the six two is what it, the, the stage where it has this the, that little mummy that's throwing the crosses. Mm-hmm. And I kept dying and I just I could I kept going and back and forth and I could get to her every time. But I just kind of yeah I'm kind of sick of it. I wanted to go back and put uh, a couple codes in, but. Uh, there's no good game genie codes for this. It's just infinite lives, which you already have, and a couple of weapons that never run out of energy. We'll see. On mine, my retro pra, it can give me unlimited life, so I don't ever lose life. Yeah. And so that was fantastic, <laughs> and that helped me. So get- the retro pie have its own thing. Uh, yeah, it actually has. Uh, so what's cool about the retro pie is, is you have uh, what's uh, the back end of it's called retro arch, and you can actually import a lot of codes into it. It's got codes that are from Game Genie, from other system, and like other built codes and things like that. So people have manufactured some of these cheat codes and gone in and put them in there, and so you can turn them on and off at 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 any time. You know, you don't have to reboot game or anything. So it's really nice to have that ability to do that just on the fly. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, so it's really so nice. Yeah, that's what, that's why I really like the retro pie because I can do those things if I need to get through a game that I've never been able to beat just to, you know, see an ending or see something or get through a part of the game that just you know is being a difficult point for me at that time. So uh, that's why I enjoy using the retro pie. All right, so the game is broken down into six different acts, um, and the story is you are Ryu. It's not even Ryu. It's uh, Ryu. We always thought it was Ryu forever. It's actually Ryu Hayabusa. And uh, 
so, so apparently everybody thought that was the same Ryu as the Street Fighter, and the dad's name is Ken, so that just another tie-in there that uh, people, you know, just, oh, wow, there's another tie-in for uh, Ken and Ryu. I told you that's who it was. Nope, they're just lazy at naming people. Yeah, Ryu Hayabusa, um, his dad is a ninja, gets in a sword fight with a guy, mysterious guy, ends up getting killed, or so we think. And uh, Ryu's trying to find out what happened, finds a letter the day that his Spoiler dad... Spoiler alert, man. Dad left. Well, <laughs> yeah, he didn't need... So his dad left, and um, he uh, finds a letter, tells him to uh, go find an archaeologist uh, named Walter uh, Smith. And so that's what he does. He sets off to do that. And the very first stage is um, you got the little guys in the hockey mask kind of coming at you. It's kind of tying to the arcade. It's trying to kind of be like the arcade at this point. Um, and it's just a side scroller. And first stage is pretty easy. First stage is a lot of fun. I think that's the one that kind of hooked you in as a kid. It's not really anything diff- too difficult. Even the second stage is not. Um, the second stage, you run into the... Uh, the, meet the girl for the first time, Irene. You don't know her name. So anyway, she pulls a gun, shoots you, you know, and, and it's the way that these scenes are playing out. It's really cool. Uh, I know, you know when flashes. you see, when I, know when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. I'm gonna die? You know, it's like, did I do something wrong in the game? <laughs> That's kind of, because my thought, you know, because sometimes, you know, in some games you have those divergent cat paths. I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm dead. So she shoots you, you wake up in a jail, it's a tranquilizer, and she tries to tell you. Um, she's basically hands you the uh, statue and says, here, she take gives this you the statue, and go, yeah. and, and run fast, and run, and, then, and that's it, and that's all she says, and he's like, well, what is this? She's like, I got no time to explain, and the first, as soon as she says that, and I, and, she, and I see that playing it through, I just start laughing because I think about the whole joke about... Um, uh, there's a tie-in uh, in, in, for you. It, yeah, here's a good tie-in for you <laughs> that you're going to laugh about, and it's going to tie into the original Destiny. It's the whole joke about how the story was you know, completely scrapped and redone right before, and the stranger, halfway through the game, says... I have you know, there's no time for me to explain, you know, and says like um, I have no time to explain or something. I forget exactly what she the says. I have is. no time to explain. Why I don't have time to explain? Exactly, and I just so. start dying out laughing when she says I have no time to explain because that's the first thing I think of is that, and I'm like, uh huh, Destiny pit, pit pulling things from way back when now. So anyway, now you got to act two. Uh, you're running free through the. Um, which one is Act Two? Is that the uh, that's the construction level zone or whatever? Yeah. Pretty easy. Guy at the end is the um, he's swinging like a morning star and you just you just duck down and, and slice. One of the cool things is you can get these power ups. You get the, uh, the throwing star, the whirlwind star that'll just keep, you can keep jumping over. It's the red one that keeps going back and forth. There's a fire thing that kind of goes to the northeast of the, of the screen. You can throw it up in the air. Um, the best one is that S. It's a sword that just, when, you, when you're in the air and you push B, he'll spin into a circle and just, it's called a buzzsaw or something. See, now, I love the, bo- I love the, I thought the boomerang throwing star was the best. Cause like, yeah. you can just throw it and start jumping all over the place and it just starts murdering people, you know, just go, just it go does, to town. But here's what I'm saying. Once you, I got, I got this on video too. Once you go to the bosses, even especially the first boss is the easiest one to try it on. You can do it on the second one too. Pretty easy, but you get that bus saw and run up to them. They're dead. The whole boss, just like yeah. that one jump. Oh, so nasty. It's so cool. And it's so much fun. That's what I was going back to find. In fact, that's what I was going back to find a game genie code for. It's just to try to get something that that thing doesn't run out. And I'm just going to go through the whole game buzzing everybody. 
but it is so fun to kill bosses with that. Get you a um, retro pie. I was able to do it with yeah, the retro I got pie. One. <laughs> I got a retro pie. Uh, I put a lot of, okay, we're, we're going old school podcast here if I start talking about retro pie here. Uh, <laughs> but I'll leave it to go. I'll leave it alone. Uh, so anyway, get that bus off. You guys want to go back, interesting, go back, play this game and uh, run through the first boss with that. It is fun. It is awesome. It's very addicting to try to get to all the bosses with that. And there's a few of them you can do, including the last one with at least one, uh, one of those spins in there. I think it takes five power, spirit power, I believe it's called. Anyway, so uh, you can get to the last, the second to last boss, uh, excuse me, the last boss in the second stage with that as well. And, um, and buzz him up and then you go into the third stage where you actually meet Walter for the first time and he tells you that him and your dad Ken were were archaeologists or on some kind of expedition not necessarily archaeologists but on some type of expedition in the Amazon where they found these two statues the statue of light and the statue of the shadow statue Um, and so that they belong to a, a demon they found out named the uh Jason, Jason, yeah, Jason, Jason. It's almost like Jason, Jason. Um, and so Jason was actually defeated by who else? Shinobi, the only guy to ever a ninja that we all knew back in the day. Shinobi from Sega, probably I the know, same I, guy. I laugh about I laugh about that when I saw Shinobi. I'm like, uh huh, yep. And it's not just Shinobi; it's all capitalized Shinobi, which we didn't realize at the time means he's screaming it, uh, and when he tells you. So, um, <laughs> so Shinobi defeated uh, Jay Shin, uh, and to, in order to keep him confined and keep him at bay, he separated the two, separated the basically the demons uh, essence into two different demon statues: one of light and one of shadow. And so, Walter at this point. Uh, knows that Ryu has the shadow uh, he, that's what he's brought it to he brought in the, the shadow the statue and who else another ninja comes in steals the shadow statue and runs off and you give chase and that starts act three and this is just kind of weird it's kind of funny I didn't think about it as a kid until I started playing again act three starts you're kind of like come out of this little cabin and you're running in the boathouse and you're kind of jumping on some piers and all, all this over some water and then you go to the next street uh scene or not scene the next screen and you're in a snowy mountain yep like the very and you're like okay well i guess i'm at the top of a mountain there was no you know incline or anything to get here but you you ninja jumped it man it's the ninjas you know i guess some time had elapsed that we didn't know about (laughs) but anyway you got guys with bazookas shooting at you the birds are flying around and now when you come to a uh we got to mention this so one thing about this game and a lot of the Nintendo games back in the day is when you get hit, it makes this god awful sound. It's like you just got demolished, and uh, of course it throws you back to the nearest hole to fall in, and uh, you know, and if you fall in the a not, hole, oh god, and the they make it to where so bad you. When you come to a ledge, you better wait. There's usually a bat or a cheetah behind you or a bird that's going to try to hit you just right to where you'll fall backwards and go into that hole. And um, it's like Angry Video Game Nerd said, and it is true, you forget that you even have a life bar sometimes, that you can actually die from losing your life because most of the time, 80% of the time, you're dying from falling in a hole somewhere. Mm-hmm. The Oh, gosh, the worst part for me was right there, right before you go through the door at the end of that part. There is a cheetah that chases you. Then there's a bird that comes down and a guy with a sword and you have to jump a, a gap from a high point to a low point. 
and everything is converging at that exact same point. <laughs> if you don't make the jump just perfect, and literally it has to be perfect, you're going to get hit by the cheetah or the bird or the sword guy's going to chop you before you get dead. down. And what it's going to do is not going to kill you. It's going to do that little bump back and throw you into the hole every yep. time. Yep. Because you, ha- you can only jump and land like, this far off the ledge and I'm sorry y'all can't see it but it's like just you I mean the, the from the jump to where you're jumping because it's such a big gap you just land like really inches. close to the edge and it's just like oh my gosh I cannot tell you how many times I died right there because of that and got so frustrated oh yeah and that's just that's that's the introduction to this type of uh stage that's what's going to happen from here on out and um you know so anyway yeah, uh, you finally make it through. The end of that boss is the guy. I thought it was a girl for the longest time, and I it's did just too. the the girl that's like looks red, and it's like it's the same ninja though. I think it's supposed to be the same ninja from the cutscene that jumps across, and keeps jumping back and forth, and just land. Nothing tricky, just keeps jumping one side or the other over and over. And sometimes there's like three little bullets that come out and go mm-hmm. across the screen, and it's she's pretty easy too. I mean, then you kill kill them and get the statue back. Uh, nothing to it. You get the statue back. Um, and what is the cutscene? Oh yeah, that's when the CIA, CIA shows up and uh, tells you that they want you to. Uh, they tell you about the Guardia de Mu, also known as the Jacquio, who uh, talks about the temple and how the Jacquio plans on using the statues to destroy the world. And that's it. He has no motivation other than just destroy the world. Just like the Joker from Batman, some men just want to see the world burn. Um, he has no gain at all, but just saying he's the guy that destroyed the world. So uh, Foster, that's the head of the uh, Special Auxiliary Unit of the CIA, tells you to go to the temple and kill him. So that's where you go. Ryu discovers, uh, gets there, goes through, uh, what is that? That's World 4. Mm-hmm. And four is when you're starting the jungle to get to the temple. Uh, so, again, a lot of birds and cheetahs and bats right over holes. Same type of thing. So something that was really funny that I know we haven't mentioned yet is, you know, you're, you're talking about how you get these power-ups. And the first couple of stages, they make sense. You know, it's like you're breaking a glass or a light on the side of a wall to get your power-up at. When you get into these stages like this, it's a mosquito. Or it's spider a web. bug, <laughs> or it's a spider web, or it's a little flying looking like a little, you know, funky looking cartoon eagle looking thing. You know, I mean, it's just so random and, and it's just, you know, so that was just one of the weird parts of it. You know, it's just ha- having to get your items from those random things like that instead of like a marker like you normally would in some other uh, games. Yeah. And so uh, you're running through the jungle, dodging the j- cheetahs and dodging the bats and everything, the machine gun man. And uh, and then you eventually get to the castle, and then you go in there. And uh, once you get to the temple, um, let's see here. This is the part I was going to always kind of get confused about, because five, right here at five and uh, four are where it gets. What's the, the, the four? The final guy at four are the two little jumping. Um, what are they? Like They're like little fat I don't remember. lizard frogs and yeah, there's two just, of them there's like two statues and they're jumping around and you kind of just got to stand under their pedestal and they won't land on you uh this used to this is where i used to die all the time as a kid i would never be able to kill these things and then now then i eventually 
you know, now that was no problem to kill them. Um, and every time I play this game, I think, oh, I've, I've never been this far, but you know, oh yeah, I remember this. Oh yeah, I remember this. Mm-hmm. But uh, those are the, the kind of the guardians of this temple, and um, you just to get to the top of the temple, you eventually get to to the top of it where you fight the bloody moth. That's where Ryu encounters the bloody moth, and the bloody moth reveals that he's the guy that fights fought your dad, and that your dad's still alive, and that he's just been turned to the dark side by the statues, and so. You know, what do you know? Um, he says, if you continue on, you'll find your dad. And so, and you don't know that he's been turned. You just you just know you'll find him. What's, um, and what's funny about this, is I'm, I'm reading a little bit more about it, I didn't know this either, was each boss is considered one of the Malice Four, the evil, evil underlings of the Jacquino, the game's main antagonist. So basically, these bosses that you fight actually are attached to the jock we know it never really says that but you know yeah. that's just a nice little storyline i know that and it consists of the barbarian bomber bomberhead basquer and the leader bloody mouth uh moth i guess is that how you say that yeah that's M-A-L-T-H. what i was saying yeah that's what i just said yeah bloody moth, moth. yeah that's who he, that's what boss we're on now um, so I just thought I just saw that and I thought that was an interested piece to it. I didn't I never realized that when you were fighting the bosses that they were actually connected into the main antagonist. Well, there's a lot of weird things um, that we don't really uh, kind of get into. Um, the word Gaiden means side story, as if in in Japanese, and it's a uh, or Gaiden. Sorry, no, it's just not side Gaiden. Gaiden. <laughs> Uh, means side story in Japanese, but it's not really a side story on anything. And it, uh, it's called the Dragon Ninja Sword, is what uh, the original name is. Ninja Ryukinden. Yeah, Ninja the Legend Ryu- of the Ninja Dragon Sword is yep. what it stands for. And in Europe, and, it was called Shadow Warriors. Yeah, and so anyway, um, and so it's at the beginning of the of the the first when he meets what who's he meet. Uh, his dad. Somebody tells him. Not at the. It's at the beginning in one of the cutscenes. He says, "You have to become the Dragon Ninja." Oh, that's you uh, have to become that's the Dr. Dragon Ninja. That's Doctor Smith, right? As he's dying. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. So it's him. Yes, he had to become the Dragon Ninja. But that's kind of all it says about it. You don't like turn into a super powerful ninja at the end of it or anything like that. It's just kind of like, okay, I guess I became the Dragon Ninja because I won. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, you kill buddy, Bloody Moth, and now you know you're about to get to the most difficult part of the game. Um, and I believe this is 5-1 or 6-1. Uh, and uh, I think Bloody Moth is the end of 5. Yeah, so now you're at 6-1, and you're just going through the, temp- the tower to get to the final boss. And, dude, this is where uh, there's some parts you're just like how in the world would anybody be able to get through? if you do not do it perfectly i mean it's, it's kind of designed to where you need to be moving forward believe it or not it seems that way because if you kind of wait then they start shooting and all this it's kind of designed that you need to be moving forward memorizing where they come out and put your sword on them like immediately and uh if you don't there's one particular spot i think it's in uh this may be in the uh, this is in six one i believe where it's a uh, there's a bat, there's a cheetah thing or whatever those little things you're talking about in a machine gun man and you just like, dude, how in the world you gotta land on the platform right in front of the machine gun man to swipe and then dodge the rest to get over. They like those crossing enemies things, you know, where you have to jump through them and time it just right. They love that. It happens several times in the game. 
after that one point that I was talking about t- t- took me forever to get through. It's like yeah. after that point, they just start using that all through the rest of the game to get you through basically to a difficult point. <clears throat> and it, this is the notorious uh, 6-2 where there's a bat or a bird, uh, a cheetah behind you, and a mummy throwing the um, crosses at you, and you're on a little platform. And unless you have a particular item, it's very difficult to get through. Uh, a lot of people will activate a glitch to uh, to make her, to make the mummy disappear essentially, so they can continue on. Um, it's very brutal, uh, very brutal part. And if you go back and watch playthroughs of people that do it, they, I mean, just watch. If you look at playthroughs of people that do it without dying, they're quick. They go straight through it. They try not to hesitate, not because the enemies keep respawning over and over again. Yes. You could be at the edge of a screen, kill the enemy, and that same enemy appear literally again right at this my bird or something like that yeah you have to, to move past crazy. a certain point to ke- yeah. keep them from respawning and usually that certain point is right off the edge of the cliff not like on the edge no, it's like right after the edge of the cliff like if you were stepping in that point you would be falling in the hole and that's that's what killed me <laughs> in that one section so many times because the cheetah kept on coming from behind me all the time after i'd kill it i would go okay let me stand at this edge here kill it wait no it's coming back again it's just it, it there's a lot of places in the game that forces you to move forward. And so you get to the final boss and uh, it's a cutscene, And then it's essentially like, oh, that's my father. And oh, his, look at his eyes. He looks like he's being controlled. I wonder what's controlling him. And then it's the shadow. You've already, had to, is there. <laughs> you've already had to turn the shadow. We missed a part of the story where you, uh, the Jacquio, uh held up the girl with a gun and said, you know, I'll kill her unless you turn over the shadow statue and you did. And then you, you get captured and then you have to fight your way through. And so, uh, so he has all, both the statues. Now you have to kill the, uh, the statue and that um, makes the Jack Wheel mad. Then you got to fight him. And he is very difficult shooting fireballs. So essentially you're fighting two bosses at this point. This is the second boss. And uh, the Jack Wheel shooting fireballs that track you down. It is brutal, brutal. I can get to this. Well, I can't get to him, but if I play the uh, the special on the um, Switch, I fought this thing before, and it's so brutal. Uh, and then if you do end up killing him, or you worse, you die. You start all the way back at six one, and every stage is like six three, six four, or excuse me, three or four different stages. You get all the way back at the beginning if you die of 6 1. That's a That's nightmare just, stage. <laughs> That's just a nightmare yeah, stage. All of those stages in 6 are bad. And then, um, you know, you don't, you, then you got to try to go all the way through again just to practice killing the boss. That's what's so brutal. And then you kill that boss. You see another cutscene um, where the sun, the moon is being eclipsed. And they go, okay, there's a, there's a, there was a legend or whatever that was somewhere in the story. And now here comes the final. Uh, boss, the guy that Shinobi defeated, the Jason, that uh, you have to fight now. And it just looks like a big uh, statue, essentially, that you're fighting. Uh, didn't seem too tough. I wouldn't know. I've never fought him. Um, but uh, you kind of got to break the parts off of him and then fight the middle of him. It's just he's on the right, you're on the left, just spouting out little shrimp. It's kind of like on uh, shrimp. <laughs> that's what it looks like. It's just spouting off shrimp and it's kind of random. Um, and so if you survive that, you eventually start cutting at the heart of him and uh, he's dead. And then you get the true ending. Uh, well, it's not the true ending. It's the only ending, the one that was rewarded uh, with all those rewards. Uh, and the ending itself was not necessarily 
spectacular, just kind of cool because of the cutscenes. And it's essentially, uh, you, you see here, the CIA come back over the phone with you and Irene saying, okay, now you got to kill Ryu, or Ryu. And she's like, no, I choose to be with him. But I love Ryu saying, if I call him Ryu, that's just what I've learned. So it's actually Ryu. But uh, he says, I'm going to come for you, uh, Foster. He says, I'm going to, I've already I've got two things I want. I've already got one. The second is you. You know, and then, and then, uh, Irene goes, What was the first? And he said, It was you, you know, or something like that. Like he got the girl, and then so they kiss and watch the sunrise. Um, so anyway, very, the story was for a Nintendo game is really good and really fun to, to see these cutscenes take place. Um, and the difficulty here's what I bought these Nintendo games. Is if you have a game that's this difficult, you better have pixel-perfect controls. I've said it a million times. The controls are perfect. They're spot on here. Um, and this is the kind of controls I grew up with. And then you get to a sloppy Sega control, like Sonic and all this, it starts to be difficult. You start feeling like those are sloppy. Even on the Sega Mini, I feel that. Because these type of controls are rock-solid. Mega Man, that kind of stuff. But Ninja Gaiden has solid controls. It, even though it does feel cheap sometimes that you might die because of the enemy spawn. It's never really like a control or a, um, what do you call it? Where, uh, you know, you kind of fall through a pixel or whatever, uh, clipping or whatever. And you didn't, you thought you landed there and you really didn't. Some of that kind of stuff. It's pretty solid. Um, so that was what makes it fun. When you go back and try to play these things again, the game itself does not take long to defeat the finish 30 minutes. In fact, the world record for a speed run is 11 minutes and 40 seconds. So you can go back and watch that. It's a guy named Ar- guy named Arcus eight seven, and uh, he, the one that's on YouTube now he uh, he almost beat that record. He says he he holds both right. He holds, holds the record. He's trying to beat his own record eleven thirty five, and he was well on track for more than that. But he kept getting he damaged at the final boss throwing the shrimp out. That's why I say it was random because <laughs> he didn't know for sure how it's going to throw. There's a lot of RNG involved. Um, and so, uh, it's very fun to watch. He uses the enemies, the knockback to his advantage all the time to get to, to get to certain ledges and stuff like that. But it's really cool to watch. You can also just watch walk- walkthroughs and it'll just kind of show you how that he got through or they got through all the different, uh, enemies landed on stages, landed or landed on platforms in front of certain enemies that you wouldn't think was possible. Throw the sword out. You can continue on. Yeah. So, um, uh, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed playing it. Um, one of the things about it for sure is the music. This is another thing that made it really cool. Uh, the music is, is good. I mean, (laughs) I don't know what to tell you this, especially from back then. It's good now, but it's really good back then. You know, uh, I remember listening to it thinking it was, there was a song that I used to love on the radio and I don't remember what it was, but a certain stage, I believe it's stage four, the music kicks in and it sounds like something on the radio. And I used to love that music. And you really kind of can break down what, you know, you really want to get to the art of this 8-bit music because somebody composed a really great song, soundtrack for this uh, this game. And uh, you can't, it kind of gets lost in translation to some degree to the 8-bits. But go look up Super Guitar Bros. Go uh, look up somebody playing something on the piano and listen to these um 
these songs with this, the super guitar bros is two acoustic two people play an acoustic guitar and are playing the ninja god i think ninja god might have been their first one to release and you really see the beauty uh in the, these this music so it's really good so um one of the critics here from uh, from the uh, UK, actually, he criticized the game for its sound, which he said did not fit with the graphics and was racy, but added what's there is atmospheric and suits the action. So it's kind of like he's kind of double talking himself on there. I just want to add that because there had there was a few people or a few there's a small group of people that did say the sound wasn't that great. And of course, at times I'm kind of like, is the sound good or is it just okay and fits and so that's, that's kind of you know because that's something i always listen to in a game is how does the music fit and with this one i've kind of was all almost on that point of saying does it really fit or is it good you know during the cutscene, all the sounds were great but when it came to the gameplay there's some points there that i was like maybe it could have been a little bit better you know that's just my opinion. I mean, it still was good, but it's just like there, there's just places that, you know. Oh, just man. No, it's beautiful. You'll hear it. You will hear it in this podcast. It fits. Uh, it fits very well. Go back and look at the. Uh, well, I mean, the Angry Video Game Nerd has a funny Ninja Gaiden video. Um, and I keep bringing that up, but he puts the music in there really well. And kind of as he, the whole little premise of his story is that, you know, he can't beat it. And then he meets this ninja. And it's really funny. He goes, mm-hmm. uh, he comes up to this ninja and he goes, I need, I can't help. I need help finishing this game. And the ninja's like meditating. And he goes, what do you, who do you mean? He goes, I need help finishing Ninja Gaiden. And he goes, I haven't heard that in a long time. And he's like, and then the angry video game scenario goes, really? He goes, yeah, most people say Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> stuff like that. And um, and then he's like, uh, the ninja's trying to help him uh, finish the game. And it's just funny little, is the game controlling you or are you controlling the game? You know, that kind of <laughs> stuff on Mystery Men. In order to strike your opponents, uh, hide, you must first hide your strikes from your opponent. <laughs> <laughs> just reverse thing but it is having limited continues in the game and the ninja goes the game's not over until you make it over and, uh, <laughs> that's one of my favorite uh, lines but um really fun video to watch and uh even he doesn't beat it even the angry video game nerd doesn't beat it. even the ninja can't beat it the ninja eventually at the end of it gets sick of getting killed and quits yeah. too <laughs> but uh that's the only one he's never really finished, you know. I, I feel so, the pain of the ninja. <laughs> so very brutal, but but anyway, uh, I enjoyed it. I'll probably go back and play it again um, for sure. Uh, I wanted to go play Double Dragon again, so maybe we'll get some playthrough uh, action on here if I ever finish it. I'll drop that on the in the uh, gamers lounge as well. But uh, but anyway, you got anything else on Gaiden? Well, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say that uh, I might drop in my uh, bad gamer dad stuff on this one because I recorded it while I was trying to do that jump on what three two I think it is and trying to make that jump. How many times I failed on it? I might just do a a, a out an outtake clip of all the times I failed on it. We're still uh, waiting on Double Dragon, bad gamer dad. I, I got to go back and play it again. I hadn't played. I had a chance to play it again. That's the wonderful, <laughs> wonderful life of a dad. Is uh, your children usually bring the plague into your house several times, and that is what has happened to me recently. <laughs> so I've had this little Trojan horse running in my house with the plague. 
All right. Well, uh, guys, check us out. Facebook.com slash HNKEXP. Oh, before we go, before we go, I want to ask you, what, what, what would you rate the game? Um, I'd rate it out of 10, let's say. I'd rate it probably. So I'm trying to think. Just, just put it back in historical perspective, not just common, not nowadays. Is it nowadays or historical? Like when we were back then? A uh, little blend, blend of both. Okay. I'd give it a 7 out of 10 for sure. Uh, mine was about a six and a half to seven out of uh, ten. That's about about where I'd be too as well. I mean, as frustrated as I got with it, it still was a fun game. Yeah, and that's the only thing that I would uh, knock it on is the um, challenge is a little bit over the top. Like it's uh, it's memorization and it's it's trial and error, right? So mm-hmm. when, it's, when it's a trial and error game, it starts to be kind of not a super fan because. Uh, you can't finish it the first time. You know, it's almost impossible. I don't know anybody that would ever be able to do that. Um, you know, it's not like you could get quick reflexes and really just kind of understand the game, how it works, the mechanics, and master them, and then be able to do it in one playthrough. You just over and over. Granted, back then, that's what, the, that's what games were for. And so I would have still rated high. Back then, I'd give it a 9, dude. I really would. Um, I'd probably, probably still give it a 7 for back then. It was just more because of frustration, though, but if anything. Yeah, so... So anyway, guys, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash HNKEXP. Also check out the Gamers Lounge, the HNK Gamers Lounge. It's a group that's also you can access from the page. We drop a lot of our playthrough stuff, most stuff that do with the podcast. Uh, you kind of get some uh, early access stuff there, just some videos and some, as we're researching the games. And uh, some good gaming conversation takes place there amongst a few other fellow gamers. So check us out on either one of those. Like the page, leave us a review. And thanks for listening. Take care, everybody.